peace I leave with you. My own peace I give to you. There's something deeply ironic about this statement that Jesus shares with his disciples on the night of the Last Supper. For Jesus was not a man who knew a lot about peace or even cultivated a lot of peace. Jesus was someone whose whose whole ministry was defined by crisis and defined by conflict. For you see, Jesus challenged many of the, the common social and religious practices of his day and then made folks choose whether they were going to be for him or against him. From the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, Jesus proclaimed the nearness and imminence of the kingdom of God revealed through his ministry. And from the beginning, there were folks who rejected his teachings and his way of being in the world. There were folks who rejected the way that Jesus healed on the Sabbath or, or the fact that Jesus shared meals with outcasts and sinners. There were people who thought it was blasphemous for Jesus to forgive sins or to touch people or allow himself to be touched by people who were considered unclean. Mostly the people who view Jesus as a threat were those in positions of power and those who had something to lose because of Jesus' ministry. But from the very beginning of that ministry, there were folks who saw him as a threat. And from the beginning, Jesus seemed to recognize this and would not shy away from the conflict that his ministry provoked. In fact, not only did Jesus not shy away from conflict, he seemed to relish it. He seemed to welcome it. Take as an example when Jesus entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday in a triumphant procession and then proceeded the next day to confront the money changers and those who were selling in the temple. Take as an example Jesus calling his opponents hypocrites and calling them names like whitewashed tombs. I mean, come on. Jesus even tells his disciples that he did not come to bring peace, but rather a sword and division, even into the midst of families. Indeed, on the very same night that Jesus tells his disciples that he gives them peace, he is about to be arrested, and the next day he will be crucified and executed by the Romans. So what does Jesus know about peace? Yes, we, we call him the Prince of Peace. He is called that. But come on, it's fair to wonder why. And so this morning, I'm, I wonder. I wonder if we are buying what Jesus is selling. Because, let's face it, we live in a world filled with conflict and strife. There is so much violence and there is so much degradation. To turn on the news is to be confronted by one atrocity after another. And because this is so, we long for peace. We, we long to escape from the violence that surround us, surrounds us. We long for emotional and spiritual peace as well because we live in a world of anxiety. 
We are anxious and we worry about our bills, we worry about our jobs, we worry about our neighbors, we worry about our families, and we want to escape. It all reminds me of these old TV commercials from years and years ago. They left a mark on me. They were, they were commercials for bubble bath. In one example of these commercials, there, there is a woman, and she is complaining about the traffic from her commute, and her awful boss, and her obnoxious baby, and her barky dog, and she looks up at the heavens, and she cries out, that does it! Calgon, take me away! <laughs> at which point, poof, you see her luxuriating in peace in a spacious bathtub filled with wonderful, wonderful bubbles. To this day, at least 35 years later, they are still selling Calgon bath products with the catchphrase, Calgon, take me away. Not only because it is catchy, but it speaks to us. It speaks to our longing. It speaks to our desires. It speaks to the sort of peace we want. We want an escape that delivers us out of the anxiety and the conflict and the violence of our lives. But let's face it. This sort of peace is often, and far too often, an illusion. I mean, for instance, despite that woman's well-earned respite, the bubble bath changes nothing about her life, does it? It is simply a moment of distraction and a brief lull in an overly stretched life. And it's true for us, too. And from a wider perspective, too often this sort of peace defined by escape and distraction, is really a peace built on coercion. It is a peace built on the threat of violence. So much of what our world calls peace is really just suppressed and low-grade conflict built upon injustice and built upon oppression. It is peace as a negative. It is peace as a suspension of a more overt and apparent violence. Too often what the world gives us is a peace that, that, they, that the world calls peace is really nothing of the sort. It's not at all close to a real and lasting peace. And because this is so, it is no wonder that Jesus is not at peace, at least not in this conventional sense of peace. It is no wonder that Jesus is not at peace in the way that the world gives. How could Jesus possibly be at peace, at least this worldly peace, in a world as broken as ours? Since Jesus loves us, Jesus cannot help but be in conflict with our tragic predicament. Jesus can't help but be in conflict with the world's tragic sort of peace.
But as he tells us, Jesus does not give as the world gives. The peace Jesus gives is not a distraction. The peace that Jesus gives is not an escape. The peace that Jesus gives will not guarantee an absence of conflict. It will not guarantee an absence of war. It will not necessarily mean that we get warm, fuzzy feelings. It will not mean that we always feel zen and mellow. It will not mean an absence of inner turmoil. It will not mean an absence of desire. Rather, the peace that Jesus gives is a peace that is born of union. The peace of Jesus is a peace that comes from the experience of being one with the one that Jesus calls Father and Abba. The peace of Jesus is this union that is grounded in the love that is God. But this love between Jesus and the Father is not a closed circle. This love opens outward to draw us in. For we are given the gift of the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, as a companion and as a friend, who draws us in and brings us into this oneness with God. As we strive to be compassionate and live at one with others, as we strive to forgive others and love one another as Jesus loves us, then we will be keeping Jesus' word and will be living in the space that Jesus creates for us. As we love one another as Jesus loves us, then the Holy Spirit will draw us into the space of new life that Jesus creates. This space is the home that God will make with us. And this space of being at home with God is ultimately peace. For the peace that Jesus gives is the peace of having God make God's home with us. The peace of Jesus is the peace that comes from knowing that nothing, absolutely nothing, can separate us from the love of God. The peace of Jesus means that we are free to live and to love, trusting that amidst the conflict and confusion of our lives, that God is present and that God is active. This peace is a peace born of letting go of egoism and grounding our lives in the love of God. Indeed, as the, the theologian Jean Vanier once wrote, Jesus is our peace. Peace. Jesus' peace is what Jesus leaves us. This is not a peace as the world gives. It is not a peace born of negation and distraction, but rather a positive and active peace grounded in love with a commitment to justice and the well-being of all. This peace is the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. This peace is something that we are given a foretaste of whenever we gather for communion, 
And whenever we exchange the peace one with another in the context of our celebration, this peace is a peace born of trust. This peace is a peace born of love. For indeed, indeed, Jesus is our peace. Amen.